Hello, and welcome to the Macrofab Engineering Podcast. We're your host, Stephen Craig. And Parker Doman. So, hey, uh, this is episode number 40. Yeah, finally. Yeah, moving along. Big 4-0. So, uh, this week, uh, got some fun stuff going on. Uh, we're actually filming the video for the FX Dev Board. That's tonight. A, tonight, yeah, right after the podcast. We're, we're going to be doing a part of the video, uh, and there's going to be another part of the video over at the, uh, at the Fab in the new location. So we're filming that part that. tomorrow, right? That's right. Yeah. So, getting the getting the filming crew to come over, and we got we got some really unique locations. We're going to be doing some of the filming filming in the place we do the podcast, some of it in the post office, and some of it at the fab. So uh, it'll be it'll be pretty cool. Um, I'll keep everyone up to date when that'll be launching. I'm sure we'll be talking about that on the podcast pretty regularly. Yeah, probably next week. Yep. Yep. So, uh, so yeah, that'll be fun. Been been a long time coming, but but uh, I, it's gonna be killer. I'm it, excited. Video is gonna be great. Um, the best thing about it is the uh, you, you're finalizing the enclosure. Yeah. For it now, and it's got the magnets that make the lid snap on. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, it's <laughs> yes, yes. No, it's it's good to see everything come together. Um. So yeah. Also, th- this week, uh, just been working on some some jigs for some some customers. Uh, Programming actually, ones. Sorry, what was it? Programming ones? Program and test. Okay. Uh, this is for a customer that has uh, their board does some motor control stuff. So uh, this is actually a second revision because they completely redid the board, which means their old jig is basically obsolete. The, yeah, good, yeah. the good thing is they kept all the connections the same, uh, it's just different locations. You just got to move everything around. I had to move everything, uh, but their board... Their board square area didn't get much bigger, but the way it got panelized means that this new jig is 16 inches wide, so it's a big jig. Also, it's like the pinheck tester then. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's a big jig. It's because the uh, pinheck board is like 6 by 14. Yeah. So the tester is like 16 inches wide. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and, and these, these guys, their board is L-shaped. Uh, so on the the part of the L, like the inner corner, is actually routed out, so you can see through the panel, uh, which is perfect because on the first jig, I, I made it and I didn't put an LED or I didn't put an indicator to show which board in the panel, which it was two rows of five, so there was ten boards on each panel. I didn't put an LED to show which one was programmed. I was like, you know what? I need to add that to the second version. So now there's a nice little window next to each board where a little LED will pop up. You know, it's the, it's the little things that that kind of that make it nice helping. Yeah, I, I did actually add LEDs to the old jig, but I just kind of just hack soldered them, them in, yeah. uh, which worked. But now they're officially part of the jig. Yeah. On that note, is because um, we're working on a new version of the pin hex system. Mm-hmm. Um, well, actually, it probably won't be called a pin hex anymore because we're actually redesigning about half the board yeah but we'll be able to keep the old tester oh cool yeah so you're leaving all the landing pads the same all that's gonna be the same to the outside world it's gonna be the same except the only thing we're changing really is the dmd port because we're going to go to hdmi cool yeah it's gonna be cool you're changing some some uh, processor stuff too right yeah the prop is going to get axed and then we're going to be putting on a octavo systems um the system BGA, on chip, the system on chip guy, and run Linux for the AV kernel. Awesome. And yeah, that's it's gonna be really cool. The interesting thing is, we still have a PIC thirty two, 
that's going to do all the game code, and it's actually going to tell the Linux kernel what to do. <laughs> so it's like the bare metal, like, pick is going to be telling... It's the master. Yeah, it's the master. It's going to be telling the, the Linux system what to do. Well, it's just offloading the grunty stuff to the to the Linux yeah, Well, yeah, it's all, basically it's offloading everything that doesn't need to be um, timing critical. Yeah. Like, pressing a button, moving a solenoid, flashing a light... That's pretty timing critical. Yep. But stuff that's not is like play sound effect X. Like it can be a couple nanoseconds lagged. Right. Right. And no one would know. No. Yeah. It, it doesn't affect the gameplay. Correct. Uh, directly. Correct. Yeah. And so that's why we're going that route. Awesome. It's kind of backwards. A lot of other people out there that are that build pinball systems and stuff, they do it the other way. They they basically have a Python script that is your game. Mm-hmm. And so your game code uh, game code runs on, you know, an OS, sure, and then spits out, and it seems to be okay. It's just one of those like I don't trust it. <laughs> <laughs> you, you want you want control over bare metal. Yeah, I want I want to know how many clock cycles it will take to run that operation. I'm you know I I haven't seen any of the code for any of that. But I'm sure the code in that PIC32 must be a beast. It's it's pretty beasty. Um, we actually have it uh, clocked. Like, there's a um, certain frequency the kernel runs at. Mm-hmm. I think it's like 2,000 hertz is what the kernel runs at. So it does everything in, two, in you know 2,000 times a second. Wow. Yeah. It's pretty quick. Uh, it must just be a ton of interrupts. There is a lot of interrupts. I think we use all the interrupts and all the timers. Yeah, well, you. I mean, with how many... Well, on a pinball machine, there's two inputs, right? I mean, two two inputs that the user has Cor- control over. Correct. Okay. But then everything else is just lights and, and bumpers. Interaction. And interaction. And, yep. Yeah. And, and we have it all written... Um, I don't know what some of the other games are written as, but the ones that I've worked on, um, they're written as state machines. The, the like how the rules are written. Yeah. So so wait. Well, I guess I guess if 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 the ball is is hitting something like a bumper or mm-hmm. whatnot, the processor has to know that. Yeah, right? there's switches. Okay, okay. I was thinking, uh, well, like with a bumper, it wouldn't necessarily have to know it, but it has to know in order to count tally score. Yes. Ah, okay, okay. Man, that must just be a beast. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Oh, yeah. Okay, so what I've been doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so last week, we were talking about the Bluetooth Jeep Radio idea hack. Um, and so I haven't done too much about that yet, but I did make sure I got my Bluetooth module in, uh, connected it up to my phone. That all worked. Mm-hmm. And then I looked at my radio and my Jeep, and I'm like, I probably should buy a spare in case I've messed this one up. <laughs> <laughs> and so I bought a spare for like 15 bucks on eBay. Nice. And uh, so when that comes in, then I'll probably hack the spare one. So that way I still have a radio in my Jeep. So when I you know, commute, I can listen to NPR and, and music and all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. Cool. So hopefully it comes in tomorrow. It should be at my house tomorrow. And I'll be able to hack it this weekend. Yeah, I need to throw up some pictures of the, uh, the Bluetooth module. Yeah, I did last week. Oh, you did? Okay, yep. cool. Um, and then the Macro Twino. Oh, yeah. I got the Rev 2. This uh, this morning, and thankfully it works. Awesome. Um, I had to do some. I f- completely forgot that I put the 18 mega 328 PB 
Right, the the, the new newish one. Version. The newish one. Newish yeah. from January. Yeah. Um completely forgot that I did that and I I basically tried to load in Arduino the like stock 328p bootloader mm-hmm. and it threw a you know, it's not the right signature. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I'm like, oh crap. I had I actually almost just swapped it out with my old, you know, 328 regular P. Oh, did you think the chip was bad? No, yeah, first. That's what <laughs> and then I'm like, and I looked at it, I'm like, oh, I got the PB. So now I had to, you know, hunt online for some code. And uh, so somebody's yeah. already made a bootloader for the PB. Yeah, and uh, all the stuff that supports it in Arduino. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I'll put, the, I can't remember. Hold on. There, it? there it is. It's called Waterot. It's German. Okay, so so I guess it's a third party thing. It's not necessarily Arduino. Correct. It's a third party thing, and this um, Waterot is a like it looks like a German based like maker store, mm-hmm. kind of like Adafruit, but mm-hmm. they do development too. Cool. Um, and so you can go on their GitHub, and then you can just follow their instructions and get it working. So I got mine working this it, morning. I to be honest, I can't remember at all. Do you do you know what the difference is between the P and the PB? The PB, the new one, has, it can run, uh, I think it has 20 megahertz clock support. Yeah. Um, it also has double the amount of timers, double the amount of spy interfaces, double the amount of UARTs. It says double everything. Oh, okay, yeah, I remember that. Gosh, that was, that was a low number episode. Yeah, that we like talked episode about that. seven or yeah, something. Yeah, it was really low. That's right. It, 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 they didn't drastically change any one feature they just added a whole bunch of or duplicated features correct okay okay i yeah cool and then i we've talked about this on the podcast before but i actually started working on it is the uh the wall clock Mm. that Mm -hmm. one designed for here at the um the bomb shelter or recording studio and i want to build one for macrofab too because this is gonna be ginormous yeah um and so I, i decided to basically build the digits myself because the digits are expensive. Like, we're talking... Because I want this thing to be, like, 16-inch high, seven-segment displays. Yeah, like, monster. Yeah, and I think the 12-inch ones are still, like, 60 bucks a pop, which is pretty expensive. And then I was like, okay, what if I made a PCB that big? That's really expensive. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's ridiculous. And then I was like, okay, what if I just made the individual segments? And so you have, you know, seven of these same boards. Right. And panelized it up or, or built them up like that and they actually got the price pretty close uh, pretty low down mm. and then so basically i'll have that um i've actually designed one segment and so i just have to you know click 49 in the macrofab interface and just order them wow <laughs> <laughs> um and then the brain board is um a prop with some mosfets that basically just dump power onto the segments oh i, I thought you were going to do it in the macroduino nah yeah. Well, I guess it doesn't have an RTC. No, it doesn't. So, cool. And so this board will have an RTC on it. Yeah, so it'll be easy. Yeah, and it'll have a UART interface so that you can just plug USB into it and Well, and, and, it and the prop has enough I.O. that you can just go directly to the segments, right? Yep. And I was thinking about putting Bluetooth on it so that if you don't want to have a computer talk to it, you can just Bluetooth into it and maybe write a simple app. Yeah. Well, an, an idea... Uh, I don't know, we kicked it around the other day um, for for the studio is to somehow try to get the uh, the time clock out of Pro Tools 
and spit that up on the wall out of this thing. So if Pro Tools could could take control of it and show the 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 actual timestamp, that would be pretty cool. All we need to know for that is how does Pro Tools talk to things? Right. I know there's external outputs for it because um, we talked to Josh here about that, mm. and we just have to figure that out. Right. I don't know. It might be fun. I it might also cool. be a headache. I don't think it's too bad. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, now the RFO section. So we have two RFOs this week. Cool. Um, so the first one is, we talked about this previous episode. It's about that USB killer thing. Yeah, the, you, the, the high voltage. Yeah, that basically you plug it into your, your computer. It uses the 5-volt line to basically buck boost up to like 200 volts and then dumps it onto your data lines, destroying your computer. Yeah. Or at least destroying your USB front end. Um. So there's a upgraded version, I guess. You can call it upgraded version of this now. <laughs> and I found on AliExpress. Uh, someone Wait, in the AliExpress. E- yeah, someone in the EV <laughs> oh, blog um, RSC channel put this link in there. Yeah. And the thing about it is it's it so they say it's a USB killer device, blah 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 blah, but it's packaged to look like a Kingston USB drive and it comes in a Kingston USB drive like packaging that oh, you're going so, by so a store. So this thing is a weapon. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that, that's hilarious. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it comes in knockoff packaging and it looks like a knockoff Kingston. Like if you just like drop this somewhere, someone would totally think it's legit and plug it in their computer. Oh, that is, that's messed up. Um, the only thing about it is it would still be kind of expensive. It's 40 bucks. So it's oh, not wow. like you can just buy like, you know, a hundred of these and just like ruin probably like, you know, at least a hundred computers. <laughs> hmm. Pretty pricey stuff. Um and the best thing I like about this is the uh because I don't like the device. You know, you can sell whatever you want, yeah. but this is like starting to miss like make pranking way too easy. If you can call blowing up someone's computer a prank. Well, okay, let, let me let me actually tell you this real quick. Because this is totally in line with it. I was I was prototyping some circuits just the other day on my kitchen table. Uh, and I was, I was using an Arduino from my laptop connected to a, 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 a breadboard. And I was, the, the, uh, the USB was powering the Arduino, which is 5 volts. And I was using that to interface with some plus minus 15 volt stuff. I don't know how it happened because I wasn't actually doing anything at the time, but somehow my positive 15 volt from my power supply hopped onto my 5 volt from my computer's USB. It took out my USB, and it took out Windows, and it took out my motherboard. <laughs> my, my computer, like, it, it all happened at once, and it didn't, it didn't even sound like a shock or a spark or anything like that. Windows goes, ah! like that and then my whole computer went dead and it won't do anything it's like the, the motherboard is fried i totally took took it apart and yanked the hard drive and put in another computer because uh, it's just like wow i i bricked i bricked a, co- a computer with only 15 volts yeah uh so 200 volts is almost like a guarantee yeah. but, i mean this was uh, this computer was just it was budget garbage hp so it probably didn't have any zener protection or anything on the five volt line but yeah, it doesn't Still. take much. It, that, that's the lesson here. It does not take much to kill a computer. No. Um, the the 
description for this product is awesome. It's, yep. it's the best Chinglish I've read in a long oh, this time. Is, this is gonna be good. Yeah, this is good. So I, I have some examples. Um, high voltage power must be off after standing for two minutes until the release of more than electricity and then carefully openings on the motherboard. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's just like, we probably talked about this on the, on the podcast before. Release more than electricity. Uh, the, uh, the, the chinglish from, from our, uh, our oven, the, the little process oven. Or That's like, the best. Please yeah. do not, no, yeah, please do not place an area of strong tremor. Yeah, strong tremor. <laughs> and, or, or it's like, please turn handle to 90 degrees C. Yeah. 90 degrees Celsius <laughs> to open door. <laughs> um, and then the other really good sentence that I pulled out was, what is the what is the new version upgrade? Solve the USB killer version 2.0 problem of unstable extension cable. By the test, extension line 5 meters long. Killer can still <laughs> release pulse. Nothing can stop it from releasing high voltage pulses. <laughs> Nothing. Can, it's like a fucking Terminator. Yeah. No, this this is... <laughs> This, honestly, this sounds like a uh, like a Godzilla thing. Nothing, nothing can stop it from releasing. <laughs> oh, it's uh, perfect. That's amazing. No, there's hours of fun with Chinglish. Yeah. Uh, when you, when you get a device that clearly is like a Shenzhen special, first thing, pull out the manual and read it. Because yeah. <laughs> most of the time when we get crap, the first thing we do is the manual goes in the trash because it's not worth it. But just for the comic factor, pull out it. Oh, it's so great. So yeah, I, I I I support these people in building and selling whatever they want, but I don't like where they're going with it. Like if it was just like a bare PCB, sure, fine. But the fact that they're actually packaging it like a thumb drive, yeah, and an actual, well, not actual probably, but you know, knockoff packaging of Kingston. <sighs> I'm almost wondering if we should buy one of these and run some tests on it and see what they did. And uh, and and I don't know, make something goofy out of it. I don't know. I it, it seems like it could be fun, but forty bucks is a lot for something oh, like this. We can make like a. How much voltage does a Jacob's ladder need to make? How much? How much voltage? Oh, a lot more than two hundred. Oh. I mean, we could make a really small Jacob's ladder. Yeah, make a little tiny like two hundred yeah. volt. Uh, yeah, let's 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 give it a shot. Yeah. Uh, or or like. A, uh, a USB barbecue starter or something like that. Yeah, I like that idea. <laughs> yeah, we should we should totally pick one. Yeah, of these I'll, up. Pick, I'll, I'll I'll pick one of those up uh, tomorrow. Sweet. I RFO number two. What's new? ESP thirty two testing the Arduino library, and that's the article that was on Hackaday. Mm-hmm. That I found this from, and basically, you know, the ESP thirty two is the updated version of the ESP eight two six six. I think what basically it's the Holy Grail IoT chip. Yeah. Um, the ESP32 looks like even more of the Holy Grail IoT chip because it's, it's fairly inexpensive. It has Wi-Fi and Bluetooth. Ooh. Yeah. But does it actually have a data sheet? Yes, it does. Ooh. That's the a- company. The company Espressive um, is doing a really good job. It looks like they actually document this stuff. They're they're. Kind of like Silicon Labs, I guess. Yeah. Um, that because that's the only like fabulous company that came to my mind. Expressive is fabulous. Yeah. They just build IP and then farm it out to the cheapest place probably in China to build it. Right. Um. But, but yeah, so but they they're got, trying to make like an environment, right? Yeah. No, they they, or they it works for Arduino, in Arduino IDE. 
Oh my gosh, people are going to just completely go nuts all over this. Yeah. Um, so they have the core support for the GPIO. Uh, bleh, excuse me. GPIO, UART, SPY, ISOC, and Wi Fi. So they have Wi Fi working. As the, you, you just pull up the Wi-Fi library and you're going? Good to go. Oh, my gosh. So there's a couple more random things they need to do. Um, Bluetooth is not implemented yet for that, for the Arduino interface. I'm going to assume they'll get to that soon. So, but it's not implemented, but that doesn't mean you couldn't just take 30 minutes and write your own code to do Correct. it. Correct. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so this is this is interesting. Is basically the company that makes the chip is making it work in the Arduino IDE. This is like Atmel making their new chip work in... in MP Lab? No, Atmel <laughs> making their chip work in, in Arduino. Yeah, yeah. Because um, Atmel doesn't care, I guess. Or they, they don't care about that. They have to like, oh yeah, just let the community do that. Whereas, you know, basically they have the Arduino community does basically adds all the Atmel chips in. Well, it, it's, it's all about marketing to the right people. These guys know what their user base is. Yes. Uh, and they know what tools they're going to use. Yep. So I, I'm thinking is I'm going to watch this pretty closely and probably pick up an ESP32 dev kit. Yeah. Just to play around with that and see how well those libraries actually work. Um, apparently some of the third-party stuff is kind of sketchy, but it's actually pretty easy to get working. Um, you just have to change some... You know, like I, the stuff that's actually hard coded in for like AVR. You have to just, you know, change that around a bit, get it working. Hmm. Cool stuff. So, is, is this something that you can just go into the interface and, and download the. I think they have that area where you can download extensions or whatnot. Yeah, I don't think this is for that yet. Okay. I don't think it's a, it's a JSON that you can put in. Yeah. And okay. then you can download all the board stuff through the Arduino, you know, IDE. I don't think there's one there yet, but there might be. I didn't see one. Hmm. Uh, if if there isn't, it's coming soon. Coming soon. Space yeah, so- Echo? What was that? Space Echo? Oh, yes. Space Echo. Completely forgot about that. Yeah. Mainly because I did not write it down in the list. <laughs> so it's been a while since we had a Space Echo update, mainly because we've been basically working really hard on the move and a bunch of other stuff got in the way. But And it's tucked away at my shop. Yeah, at his shop, uh, Stephen's shop. And uh, last night went over there and basically desoldered an entire board. Yeah, crack and, a couple beers and do a bunch of soldering. Yeah, that's for like two <laughs> hours. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we're about three quarters of the way through resoldering the entire thing now. Yeah. Well, it, it, with this kind of thing, because the uh, the Space Echo fired up, yeah. uh, it just kind of didn't do exactly what it was supposed to do. Um, just from experience, that just tells me you know, it, go look at the components. If they look super crusty, then replace those. But if they look fine, then you're most of the time you're fine. Uh, we're recapping the whole thing. Yeah, uh, half the machine's already recapped. Yeah, but we're we're hitting every single solder joint in it, or I should say, Parker is. Yep. Uh, so I got a nice Hacko desolder gun. Just pull the old solder off and throw some brand new lead on there. And, yeah, and we're using and my. I've got some, I got like 20 pounds of 
old school Kester 6040 rosin. The good stuff. That's leaded and uh, it's actually, you know, circa 1964-ish. It's that stuff is such a dream to solder with. <laughs> it's so easy. Yep. The problem about it is you can't use that the at Macrofab. No, no. Ed, we we never use leaded solder, but at Steve's shop, yeah, <laughs> we're all about lead. All about lead solder. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, you know, the space taker is newer, but it's period correct. Yeah, that's the right. The purest will not get, you know, the purists that are into audio gear will not get angry at us. No, especially because we're using fine gold caps in there. Yeah, fine Nick, uh, uh, Nikon, Nikon fine Nijikon, gold. Yeah. Ooh, it's going to sound awesome. Yeah, it's going to sound, yeah. Um, so, yeah, hopefully by this time next week, we have it all put back together. That's the other thing. I'm so thankful I took pictures. I got to find the pictures, though, but I did take pictures of it. Yeah. Because <laughs> I looked at it last night, and I'm like, I have no idea how this goes together. <laughs> <laughs> it is a bundle of wires. Yeah, it is an absolute mess yeah, right it's just now. a mess. Yeah. And the, the, the thing is, I was really good at, like, when I desoldered something, I'd, and if it was a wire, I actually resoldered it right away. Yeah. And so that I didn't have any loose wires. I went to it last night, and I saw two loose wires, and I'm like, I have no idea where those go. <laughs> and it's well, a red wire and a and a and a blue wire. <laughs> yeah, so it doesn't tell you anything. No. Yeah. We 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 actually have a full printed copy of the original service manual, but okay, so so here's the thing, when it comes to repairing something, if if you can find the schematic, you're super excited. If you can find the uh, service manual, it's like you hit jackpot. But still the service manual doesn't always get you all the way there. And this service manual is just like, here's the schematic and here's some some photocopied images of the board. Yep. Good luck. Good you luck. Know? <laughs> it tells you how to calibrate it, but it does not tell you where every wire goes. Yeah, and it doesn't have any color codes for the wires either. And Negative. so it's like, I have a red wire. And you start looking like, what is the... I'm hoping that the other end of the red wire is hooked up to something that we can easily find on the schematic. You know what? Those wires were pretty beefy. Remember, it had a little, um, oh, it had a, like a little actuator, a little uh, spring actuator that, that like clipped something in place. That might be it. I bet you they connected to that because uh, that was a two-pole device. It was like a little motor actuator thing in oh, the back. Oh, no, there's other wires for that. There so are? Oh, yeah. well, okay. Yeah. Good I, luck. I yeah. tried to help. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure it out. It can't be too hard. I mean... You know. There's not a lot of connections left. Yeah, it's all it's all analog. How hard can it be? Oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah, so that was episode 40 yeah. of the Macrofab Engineering Podcast. And we were your hosts, Parker Doman. And Stephen Craig. Later, guys. Take it easy. <laughs>